0: Session 8, October 4th, 2012 Okay, so last session I told you about the first time that James successfully invoked what we called the power of the darkest soul. Today, we're going to move forward in my story a little bit, but for starters, I'm going to skim over the events of the several weeks that followed the point where we left off. So basically, we all ended up diving headfirst into a world of dark magic and ritualistic power. Though none of us seemed to be able to wield it like James was able to, man he was unstoppable. Each time he invoked a power it lasted a little longer and seemed to grow a little stronger. Also, I grew closer and closer to Heather during this particular period. We spent as much time as we possibly could together, both at school and at home. She would come over to study most weeknights, which really meant making out on the couch in the attic room. I would walk her home, make out some more, then when we reached her house, regretfully say good night at the door. Sometimes I would come in for a hot chocolate, her parents were nice, and more importantly, they seemed to have taken quite a shine to me. I guess there's not much else to say so I'll get on with it. What changed all of our lives forever went down the night of October 31st, 2000, Halloween. We caught wind of a party at Brandon Stevens' house though that in itself wasn't much of an accomplishment. Everybody knew about his big Halloween blowout. Hell, even the lunch lady probably knew about it. Kegs, drugs, and girls dressed as nothing, wearing next to nothing despite the season. His parents were away for the weekend, and even though his kid sister would be there, she wouldn't be a problem. She would be confined to a bedroom. Anyway, around the week before the big event, we started to form a loose plan, a little something to test out that we had Hitherto mastered. By this point in time, each of us had induced a power at least a couple of times, and if all none of us had tried it simultaneously, this seemed as good an opportunity as any to see what carnage we could cause when we invoked it all at once. So what this roughly penciled plan entailed was, dressing up, having a few whiskies at the park, and then heading over to Stephen's neighborhood where we would perform the incantation in a little wooded area that was a few houses down from his after invoking the power, we would crashed the party, cause some chaos, enjoy the All Hallows madness and then head back to Carl's to get wasted in his garage. We knew that it being Halloween and all, that it was likely that the power would be magnified to some degree, though unfortunately we just never realized a half of it. The night of All Hallows Eve was cold but clear. The October sky was dotted with countless stars which twinkled and burnt bright above Alberton. The streets were bustling with children of various ages, dressed in a plethora of ghoulish and classic costumes, vampires, werewolves, ghosts, cowboys, Indians, ghouls, zombies, nurses, angels, devils, and numerous other characters. I remember walking out the front door of my house and sucking the cool evening air into my lungs through the hole I had cut in the scream mask that I bought from the costume store in town the day before. I needed easy access for cigarettes and liquor. Not very original, I know but I'd gone to pick something out with Heather and had a lot of trouble choosing. She had settled on the much more sophisticated guise of Bast, the Egyptian cat god. There was something strangely sexy about that get-up, the skin-tight tights and top that showed off her slim figure, the gilded armlets and necklace, and the black feline mask that only exposed her green eyes, which weren't entirely uncat-like themselves. All I had apart from the mutilated mask was a goddamn cloak, Heather was walking up the drive as I stepped off the porch. I took off my mask and waved. The faux gold jewelry glimmered in the light of the jack lanterns I stepped into her arms, and as she lifted the mask from her face, kissed her on the mouth, she tasted like candy and cigarettes. We walked hand in hand down the tree-lined streets, sidestepping vivacious children high on sugar and smiling to ourselves beneath the cover of our respective masks. There's something simply electrical in the air on this night of all nights. I still believe this, and I also still believe that it. it's not just caused from the energy radiating from people. Yeah, maybe that's a part of it, but it's definitely something deeper, something that transcends space and time. I may sound just like another loony lying on a shrink's couch and spouting a ton of inane bullshit, but believe me, buddy, when I say that I hold somewhat significant jurisdiction on the subject, I mean it. There's power and ritual whether we intend there to be or not, and humans have been carving vegetables into heads and leaving food out for ghosts for centuries now. Did you know that the Irish would carve jack-o'-lanterns out of turnips? This predates the old pumpkin head version by quite a few years, and giving candy to kids in ghoulish get-ups when they ask trick-or-treat? That stems from leaving food out for the spirits so they wouldn't fuck with us, hence the trick part. Anyway, I'm sure you don't want a fucking history lesson, so I'll make my point. Halloween is one hell of a special night. We met up with James and Carl at the park. The Ageless Count Dracula and Jason, the retard with a hockey mask from everybody's favorite summer camp. James made a damn good Dracula, and well, how hard is it to play a convincing Jason? We slapped high fives and the fun began. Several drinks later we were a full swing of our pre-party celebration. Both Heirvan and I had taken off our masks and were making out between whiskey sips and cigarette puffs. James was extremely excitable and kept repeating, This is fucking it, guys. This is fucking it whether anybody was listening or not. And Carl was lumbering through the trees, swinging his four bloodied fake machete and slaying imaginary half naked girls. All right, all right, we better roll out to the party. We don't want to miss all the fun, do we? James said, taking a swig of whiskey straight from the diminishing bottle. Heather climbed off my lap from where we had sat on the fallen tree trunk, and slid her mask down onto her face. We're ready, boss, she purred. Call you big plonker. Stop fucking around and get over here. We could hear the cacophony from Brandon's party from where we stood in the small wooded area down the street. Primitive shouts and harpy-like shrieks pierced the evening like throwing daggers, and the pulsing bass of some techno song punched out of oversized speakers and made the ground tremble slightly. We formed a triangle and joined hands as James began to lead the incantation. The laughs and cries from a few houses away seemed to die down considerably. The incredible sensation sparked inside of me, flowing from the leaf-littered ground beneath my feet and spreading through the rest of my body while simultaneously exiting through the clenched hands and entering from Hevers and James. We began to chant the words in unison, building into a crescendo that stirred dead needles and leaves and rustled fawns of nearby ferns. Then something inside of us clicked, and we opened our eyes. That's it for today, Mark. Same time next week.